Welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Hume, and I'm here to take you through the very latest news and views, hints, tips, and tricks to help you on your property journey. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. How are you? I hope you're well. Today, it is the 20th of January, 2023. And as usual, we've got all the latest house price news for you. Uh, Together with this week, we got a call from Rizwan and he wanted to know about why his property wasn't selling, what he could do about it and what we felt would be a good strategy for deciding what to do next if your property is on the market and is not selling right now. First of all, let's jump into some industry news. I was lucky enough this week to be interviewed by, well, actually, it was published this week. I was interviewed just before Christmas by the CEO of the monolith that is on the market, the third largest property portal in the UK today. If you're not sure what a property portal is, the likes of Rightmove and Zoopla are also them. And they basically aggregate all of the estate agents and advertise them on one site where you can see everything from the advertisers. Rightmove being the biggest, of course, where most estate agents actually advertise their properties for sale. And then, of course, we have Zoopla in number two position and on the market is racing behind at number three. And a great company is too. It was a pleasure to speak to him. We will publish that interview on the podcast for you if you're interested as a separate podcast. So on to the news today. First of all, an article in the Telegraph and the Times. Downward trend in house prices gained traction towards the end of 2022. A net balance of 20, 42% of professionals across the UK reported seeing a decline in prices, according to the December 2022 survey from the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors, also known as the RICS. After a balance of 26% of surveyors reported price falls in the November survey, all regions across England are coming across prices softening, with East Anglia and South East seeing the sharpest rates of decline. However, House price reading, readings rather across Scotland and Northern Ireland are still marginally in positive territory. A net balance of professionals also reported falls in new buyer inquiries across virtually all parts of the UK. Tenant demand increased over December, according to a net balance of 28% of contributors. However, this was the lowest reading since Feb 21 and suggests the pace of demand growth is slowing across the rental market. On the supply side, new landlord instructions remain on a downward trend with a net balance of 24% of professionals seeing a decline in December. Near-term expectations continue to point to rents being squeezed higher, the RIC added, RICS added rather. Well, that's the Telegraph and the Times take on uh, house prices and their latest headline. Of course, remember, um, when it comes to these headlines, they're always looking to be either really negative or really positive. And the truth, as always, is somewhere in between. Firstly, if people aren't buying, then they're renting. And the pressure on rents in our experience locally here in southwest London is that they're actually flying right now and the pressure doesn't seem to abate at all. We're getting uh, incredibly now we're in a position where we're getting so many inquiries that we're finding we can only advertise a property for rental often for a day or less. And even then, when we've got the best of the best of the tenants that have applied, insurance companies are now coming in and they're gazumping those tenants with offers of higher rents in order to house their tenants or owners that have had an insurance claim and are in distress and need somewhere to live quickly. And so there's a really, really strong rental market, the strongest I've ever seen, and that still seems to be um, the case. Expensive family homes bear the brunt of the house price slump. 
There's an article in the Daily Telegraph. More expensive homes are more affected by the house price slump as they take longer to sell and achieve less of the asking price. The time it takes to sell properties worth 350 to 1 million, typically bigger family homes, has soared by 72% in the last three months, from 25 to 43 days, according to Analyst 20CI. Properties worth more than 1 million have experienced a 65% surge in average selling time from 34 to 56 days. Meanwhile, average selling time for properties worth less than 200,000 is up by just 45% from 20 to 29 days in comparison. The proportion of asking price achieved has fallen across all bands during the last three months, with more expensive homes suffering the most. Properties worth more than 1 million sold for 96.3% of the asking price in December, while properties between 350 and 1 million, the figure was 97.6%. For homes under 200,000, commanded 99.1% of the asking price. Well, there's a there's a number of factors in there. The first thing I would say is that um, typically when we look at house prices, if we're not careful, we can forget the fact that a small percentage decrease in a large home can look like a much bigger decrease than one on a smaller home i.e. 10 percent of 20,000 of 200,000 is 20,000 of 2 million is 200,000 so you know you, you do need to think about that and get some perspective on it also it's about what asking prices are and often with the more expensive homes we find that the sellers are more optimistic and the agents more importantly are more optimistic about the price that might be achieved because often they can be more unique and then harder to gain an exact comparable for. Now, a comparable is looking for properties that are like the one you're selling. And if you have a house that is particularly unique or particularly unusual, it's very hard then to determine what the price might be. And as an estate agent valuing these homes, the problem is that many agents go in and they do the old trick, which they've been taught to do. And many of these agents are well versed in this and it works in a rising market, but not a falling. Let me explain what they do. They go out, they get the figures, they get the comparables, and they know, like we all all agents do, within about a 5% margin, roughly what your house is worth. But here's the thing. They also know that if they go in with the truth and tell you what your house is worth, you're no more likely to instruct them than any other agent. If they then add 10% onto that figure, then you're more likely to instruct them as a theory because they're offering you more money. Of course, they're not offering you more money. They're suggesting your house is worth more and you need to read between the lines. Many people are seduced by this and end up paying very, very high estate agency fees because the agents told them that they will get them more. And quite often, that is not the case at all. In fact, they end up with less than they would have got by asking the correct price in the first place. And that is because nobody wants what nobody else wants. Let me qualify that. Imagine you put your house on the market. It's worth, let's say, 500,000 and you put it on the market for 550,000. There are no inquiries or very few inquiries. You have a few viewings, but no offers for the first two months. You then reduce that price to 500,000 in order to get it sold now because you've had enough of trying for the higher figure. Every set of eyes on the market already knows that you've been on the market for 10% more and nobody wanted it then. And it stigmatizes your property. Everyone thinks, well, nobody else wanted it. Why would I? You're no longer that hot, new, fresh instruction. And you always want to be that hot, new, fresh instruction in the eyes of a buyer, that one that everybody else wants. Because if you're not the one that everybody else wants, why should they want it? So there is this uh, mismatch between valuation and actual value that goes on all the time. And this is one of the problems that uh, Rizwan came across, the guy that actually called in this week about changing his asking price to try and reset the market and what he should do about selling. But we'll come on to that a little bit later. Demand for new mortgages fell 75% at the end of 2022. 
Uh, data from the Bank of England shows demand for home mortgages fell sharply in the final three months of the year, with new loans for property purchases dropping 75% compared with the th- previous three months. Households could find it more difficult to get a mortgage and other types of credit in the coming months as lenders expect more people will default on loans. Lenders believe the availability of mortgages and other credit to households will decrease by the end of February. A credit condition survey by the Bank of England found this, and they expected a decrease in the demand from households for mortgages to buy homes in the coming months but a slight rise in those seeking to remortgage. I'd say there'd probably be a race in those looking to remortgage, I would have thought, given how high rates have gone. As soon as people go to the standard variable rates, um, they're finding it tough. And therefore, you know, we are finding that people are looking, searching out the best deals. But be careful, folks. This is not mortgage advice, of course. But if you are moving, you want to be careful about locking in any fixed rates that might restrict you due to what they call a redemption penalty. And that is once you fix the rate, it may be that they won't then let you move uh, that mortgage across to a new property. They don't always port them. Porting is where you take that fixed rate onto a new property. Let's say, for instance, you had a mortgage on your existing property and you wanted to move it across to a new property and then add on the difference. That can sometimes be possible as well. hope that's clear. But as always, if you ever have any questions, do drop me a line, ken at jamesalexander.com. I try and clarify any of these comments because we can get into some very confusing territory very quickly. Now, here's an interesting one I saw. Um, This one's in the Financial Times, The Sun and the Mirror. Northern Rock mortgage holders take legal action over interest rate charges. Well, you may remember that thousands of mortgage borrowers during the last recession um, actually got charged huge amounts by the Northern Rock. And thousands of them have got together and could receive compensation worth collectively £150 million if a high court claim is successful. A law firm could take action on behalf of customers who say they were unfairly charged high mortgage rates following the collapse of the Northern Rock. Harkers Parker is said to be representing 6,000 borrowers who argue they were kept on rates of around 5% for more than a decade, even though interest rates plunged to near record lows after the financial crash in 2008. The firm is set to take action against US private equity group Cerberus, which holds mortgages bought from Northern Rock through its landmark brand and Topaz Finance Limited, which holds for the former Northern Rock mortgages through Heliodor mortgages. Well, that's an interesting one. And uh, I can see that happening. And I hope it does, because these lenders need to be taken to task where they're taking advantage of situations. And actually, in, in many respects, in those cases, preying on the least able to uh, actually comply and therefore ending up being repossessed due to unreasonable rates. So I'm sure there are, if that's successful, there'll be many more claims behind that, I would imagine, as well, uh, from people that realise that they wouldn't have been repossessed had they been charged reasonable rates in the first place. So interesting to see that. The private rent cap has been extended for six months, and um, this is in Scotland. It says Tenants Rights Minister has confirmed that the current cap on private rents will be extended for at least another six months. Um, and he says that currently private and social rents are capped at 0%. But from April the 1st to September 30th, private landlords will be able to increase rents. So this is up to 3%. So obviously, everyone will increase their rents by 3% um, during that period. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how that goes, because I know that a lot of landlords are exiting the sector over there in Scotland, and I think it will exacerbate the problem of undersupply even further. So we're watching that with interest. Now, let's get back on to the problem that Rizwan has with his property sell. He's written, Ken, I'm on the market at the moment. Uh, my property isn't selling. I'm not sure what it is. It looks reasonably priced to me, but then I'm probably biased. How do I check that it's reasonably priced? And what can I do to make sure 
it competes with others in the sector and make sure we get it sold because we really need to move now. We've had enough of waiting. Well, Rizwan, a number of things to look at here. The first thing I would do is try and I always say this, but it's so important. Try and take yourself out of your own position. What I mean by that is try and take a helicopter view of what's going on rather than look at this from a seller's point of view. Of course, you want to get the best possible price. Try and look at this from the other perspective, because in order to sell your property, you really need to understand the mind of the person that is looking to buy. And whilst you're looking to achieve the best possible price and any agent looking after your interest will be doing that for you as well. The buyer is, of course, looking for the best possible deal. And what are they asking themselves? Well, they're asking themselves how your property compares with those around it. How can you check that? Well, it's really easy. Just imagine yourself a buyer, go on to Rightmove, put in your postcode and see what your competition is. Dial in your full postcode and then hit the search button, but include properties that are sold subject to contract, because then you can see other properties will be visible to you that have sold recently that are in your past postcode, probably. Not always, because sometimes, because postcodes are a very limited area, you won't find something similar. But if you do find something similar, have a look at it. What price was it advertised for? How does it compare with yours? And then having done that, look at other properties that are on the market at the moment. And if there's nothing that's on the market that's like yours within your postcode range, then expand out that range by one quarter of a mile. And you could do that on right move. Just go in there, dial in your postcode, and then on the area, drop down the search box to one quarter of a mile and then see what else drops in. If nothing drops in, go to half a mile and then ask yourself and try and be honest with yourself about this. If you're a buyer, would you view yours based on what you're seeing? And what a good idea, a good exercise here is to put a set of your details up on one tab and then scroll through the others. So you can keep looking back and seeing yours versus them and seeing how they compare in terms of what's the floor plan like? What are the photographs like? How's it presented? Is the description good? Do you feel the agent's done their job in terms of marketing? Because that's really important and where it's exposed as well. It should be on the major portals as one. And I include in that right move. Right move's got so expensive these days that some agents are coming off right move and using some of the other portals. But it is still the biggest in the UK, has the largest audience. So it's one not to miss for sure. The second largest is Zoopla. So Zoopla, you should be listed on. And then, of course, we have On The Market. We like On The Market, and uh, we're publishing our interview with them later. Um, so they're the three that are most important in our view. There are other ancillary ones, but these are the big three. On The Market, Rightmove, and Zoopla, in the order of Rightmove, Zoopla, On The Market. That's the order of importance in our view. So now you're looking through, and you're seeing how you compare with others. Are they cheaper? Are they more expensive? Is there nothing like yours? The first thing to consider is your price point. Um, now, let me explain on right move. And that's the biggest portal. So it's the most important. When you look at prices, the price changes that you can search to are in 10,000 jumps up to 300,000. Let me explain that. If you're looking up to 250, then you can dial that price into the search and hit search. If you're looking up to 260, you can dial that into the search. Now, why do I mention this? Because if your pricing is at 255, then it doesn't matter if a buyer goes high, low or low, high. You will appear in the middle of those search results rather than at the beginning or the end because you're not on what we call a sweet spot. And that is a zero pricing strategy where you say, OK, well, right moves price point. For instance, if you've got a property at three hundred thousand and you're currently at three oh five, then the move would be if you're not receiving 
action and you've done all the other checks we've already discussed and you feel your agent's doing a proactive job for you, then the next move to be would be to move that price from 305 to 300. Why? Because it will achieve a new audience. At the moment, if you're priced at 305, you're invisible to the next price range down. That is people that are searching up to 300. And people search in round figures as well. Uh, so this is really important to try and get yourself on the price range that the audience you're looking for is looking up to. And there's an interesting bit of psychology there because, of course, sellers want more, so they advertise for more, but buyers want to pay less, so they search at lower figures. So what we often do is put a property on the market for what we call a zero pricing strategy and then just qualify it with offers over. So let's say, for instance, the other thing is that these price ranges change, by the way. So I've said that they're going 10,000 jumps up to 300,000. So if you've got a property at um, to 300, the next price range down is 290, 280 and so on. If you've got a property that is over 300,000, then it jumps to 25,000 jumps. So in other words, you can't search to 310, but you can search to 325. Now, that doesn't mean that properties at 310 won't appear. It just means that they won't they probably won't appear on page one or two of any search. They'll be in the middle of that search. And in order to get the most eyes on your property and the most likelihood of a buyer, you need it to be getting across as many eyes as possible. So, for instance, if your property was worth, let's say, 305, then you would be much better placed to advertise it at offers over 300 than you would to put it on the market at 310. Given that, people can't search to 310. They can only search to 325. So those very buyers that are looking up to 325 are probably seeing better because yours is a bit cheaper. And those looking up to 300, you're invisible to. So you really need to get it at the offers over stage. And I know that's counterintuitive because many agents aren't very good negotiators, frankly. And it's about how good your uh, agents are and making sure that they're not afraid of discussing price with buyers and explaining to buyers why it's pitched at the level it is in order to achieve a bigger audience. Now, the problem becomes even larger for larger houses. Um, so that 25,000 jump goes from 300 to 500. And then 500 plus, it goes up to 50,000. So that's quite a lot of money, isn't it? And this can really have a massive effect. We recently had a property on the market, for instance, that was on the market for 480,000. Now, this was against our advice. And the reason it was against our advice is obviously it's not at 450, it's not at 500. It falls in the middle and therefore won't get as big an audience, not as many eyes, not as many clicks, and therefore not as many inquiries. Client insisted that 450 was the wrong place to start. But would we please take it on any anyway, because they knew someone that knew us and, you know, would like to use us. So we said, yeah, yeah fine. That, that's OK. We'll, we'll give it a go because we want to satisfy you that you've got the most money. But also we'd like you to consider if it doesn't get the traction, then we can change the price. Well, anyway, we put it on the market. It was on the market for five weeks at a price of 480. No inquiries whatsoever. Eventually, they succumbed. We put the price at offers over 450. And guess what price it achieved? Yep, 480. Why? Because all of a sudden at the 450 range, the audience was much bigger. We had 10 viewings and four offers. And those offers nurtured each other up to 480. So it just goes to show that asking the very maximum price is not necessarily the way forward. So Rizwan, my advice to you is look at how you compare with others. Make sure, A, your photography is sharp and the property looks right and the presentation is good and the description is good. Make sure that your agent is presenting it in a good light. Another uh, exercise you might want to do is to call the agent 
as though you're a buyer or get your friend to do so and see whether you think that they're representing your home fairly. You know, many agents now, especially at the cheaper end of the scale, they won't even pick up the phone. It's all about, you know, log on here and, and do a viewing. And of course, buyers like to speak to people because people give people confidence. And buyers right now, especially more than ever, need confidence in what they're buying. They need to feel, yes, this is something that I should be buying. And you need an agent on the ground, preferably in the area, to explain to them what's good about it. The fact that perhaps it's got a west-facing garden, it's near to an outstanding school, it's a 10-minute walk to the station. Those things might be written. But when people say to you, actually, this is one of the most popular roads in the area, you know, it does give you confidence and you're more likely then to go and view. So the first thing you need is you need to make sure it's presented well. You need to make sure it's being represented well as well by the agent selling it for you. And then finally, the price point must be right. And bear in mind, a lot of agents may have told people what they want to hear. In other words, it's human nature, isn't it? You get four valuations. One comes in higher. You know, you lean towards a higher valuation because you think they're trying to do better for you. Or perhaps you want to believe that their, their price is right. It might be right. But if it's much higher than the others, chances are they're selling you a line and you need to read between the lines and think, actually, I'd much rather go with someone that's being realistic, honest and frank and is more likely to get me a better price. Because remember, if you languish on the market for any length of time, the price you end up getting is less than what you would have achieved had you pitched it at a reasonable price in the first place. So I hope that helps, Rizvan. Try and helicopter your mind out of the seller set. Put yourself in the buyer's position. Look at it. How does it compare? That's number one. Does it compete with the rest of the market? Because if it doesn't, it's not going to sell anyway. Either revise the price. And if you can't afford to do that, then the other choice is withdraw from the market if you really feel that the time's not right for you now. The other mistake, big faux pas that many sellers make is they say, well, I must achieve this price because the one I'm looking at is that price. Remember, your buyers don't care what you're buying, where you're buying or what its price is. That's not of interest to them at all. All they care about is your house price fair for them and their family to commit to what is a 25 year commitment for many people. You know, they look at it that way because it's a mortgage um, and they look at the huge amounts of money involved. And frankly, the big numbers are very, very scary. And so when buyers are looking at your home, bear in mind, you know, it, it's no point having a conversation with them saying, well, I must get X because I'm looking at this place uh, and it's on the market for Y. Nobody cares. What they care about is how your price compares with everything else that's available on the market today. And if you compete favorably to that, then you will still sell. Now, there is still a market out there. I know we've talked a lot in the headlines about the fact that house prices have been struggling and, and all the rest of it. And yes, there has been a correction. In our experience, that correction has not been massive. And it's not across the price ranges either. Some price ranges are still very, very popular in our area, particularly with the three-bedroom houses. Flats have been hardest hit, uh, and some of the large houses can still achieve good prices because they rarely come available. And the other thing is we're finding a lot of sellers are choosing not to move because they're worried about the market, they're worried about fuel bills, etc. And so from that point of view, the availability of property does impact on pricing as well. And what we suspect will happen this year is that pricing will be affected by the number of homes available. And that number of homes will be more limited than we've seen for some years as confidence wanes and interest rates increase. We're expecting an increase in interest rates on the 2nd of February. Um, I suspect we're nearing the top of those in the interest rate cycle now. We're currently at 3.5%. The Bank of England will probably raise that again at least once, probably twice. It could go up to 4.5%. It certainly will go up to 4% in my view. 
Does that mean you should go for a fixed rate mortgage? Well, this is not a mortgage advice show. We're not qualified to advise you on that. But what I would say is that the swap rates, that is the rates that building societies and banks rely on in order to fix their uh, offer fixed rates in the first place, are not directly related to what the interest rate is because the swap rates have already discounted or taken into account what they think will happen in the short term. And they're looking at longer term trends. And it seems that the longer term trends are for interest rates to increase this year and then start to drop off. Nobody knows. It is a bit of guesswork because it depends on inflation. And of course, inflation depends on many factors, some of which are global, not just local, such as the war with Russia and Ukraine, uh, which impacts on inflation massively. And no amount of interest rate rises will change that. Um, But when we do have peace over there and we will get it at some point, I hope sooner rather than later, those lives being lost is very sad. um, Then we'll start to see inflation tame a little bit more. But the idea of the interest rate rises is that the government are looking to tame inflation and they'll continue to do so until we've seen the peak of that inflation. And the indicators are that we're reaching or have already reached the peak of that inflation. Only time will tell. But it takes a while for these interest rate rises to feed through into the broader market. So I hope that's helped for you buyers and sellers out there this week. I hope you have a fantastic week this week. We'll be publishing the full Jason Tebbs uh, on the market interview with myself as well as an extra one this week on the podcast. Hope you have a fantastic week. We'll be back next week with another podcast. Until then, look after yourselves and if you can, your family and friends. Ciao. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. You can find out more at our website, jamesalexander.com. You can email me directly, ken at jamesalexander.com. We are estate agents and we can give you hints, tips, tricks and advice wherever you're buying, selling, moving to or from. Thanks to Ben Sounds for the intro and outro today and thanks to Jack Bowles for production. 